I do want to just acknowledge uh, Pastor and, and Becky Joe, of course, the founding pastors of Assembly of God Christian Center. It's a privilege to have you here today. Thank you for being here. So it was uh, 2013, which uh, we had just uh, a few months earlier planted Remix Church in Salem, Massachusetts, and our lives were kind of up, up in a upheaval, wonderfully so, but you know, we were in the midst of just getting a, a church off the ground. And uh, my daughter in 2013 had uh, decided to go ahead and try out for American Idol. I had never really heard of it before. I didn't really pay attention to what was happening there. I didn't know what really was going on. My, my wife did. And, and then, uh, you know, then came the day where I saw my daughter on TV. I'm like, what is going on here? And she sang a song, and overnight she became very popular, and her whole life changed. Our whole life changed. And uh, so and my daughter moved out to L.A. in 2013. She's been there ever since, ever since doing music. And, but I remember watching her during this uh, reality TV show and getting to the final, final three, and then uh, being by far the most popular uh, contestant on the show that year and social media and everything, but then her not get her getting voted off and being the number three. And of course, as a father and as a mother, we had to um, coach her through that, help her get through that, because by all but what it looked like, it wasn't fair, mm -hmm. you know. And what we began to realize, because you see, I met with her lawyers there at American Idol and. And once you get into the nitty-gritty of it, you realize that it's not a, it's not a popularity-based contestant that's actually based on vote. It's based on some guys behind the scenes just picking who they want so they can get money. And so, uh, you know, I had to help my daughter through that on, on participating in a reality TV show that was, uh, that seemed unfair to her, and and getting through that and her feeling crushed. And not only that, but my son, Jonathan, two years older than Ange, is, is by far the most talented musician in our family. He's just insanely talented as a musician. And he was in a band at the time, a hardcore band, and he was doing all the, all the, uh, all the, um, the nitty-gritty work, you know, the, the hard work of going out, taking a van, uh, going in a van with his band and doing tours and making $100 a show and, you know, just grinding it out in a hardcore band. And he had to, you know, him, him and Andrew were really close, but one day, you know, she's just like, nothing she's singing a song in a coffee shop and the next day you know she's hanging out with like president bush and and harry <laughs> connick jr and all this kind of stuff and 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 he had to process this sense of wow that doesn't seem fair we've been grinding it out for years as a band and taking trips and making a hundred dollars for a show and then overnight she's just a star it was incredible. You know, we had the home, the hometown tour, the parade. Our whole city that we lived in, just thousands of people. You know, and here are the Millers being paraded downtown. <laughs> it was just an amazing ride. But there was a lot of feelings of unfairness that we had to, uh, to get through. And even as a father, I'm like, well, wait a minute. One day I have my daughter at home. I'm like, Ange, you know, you got to do the dishes. You got to do your chores, right, guys? You got to do chores, right? All the kids said amen? amen. All right. 
You're going to go home and do chores for your dad, right? Yeah. All right. We're going to hold you to that. But one day, I'm like, Ange, you know, you got to do the dishes. And the next day, you know, she's on TV. So, uh, you know, we're all struggling with, with this uh, uncertainty and, and, and just kind of all of us wrestling with the kind of emotions of being unfair. And then, but then it's all wonderful and it's great and it's exciting. But there's a lot to get through. There's a lot of emotional stuff to get through with that. And I think that we all underneath this tent this morning have wrestled with fair and unfair, haven't we? Yes. It doesn't take too long. I mean, you're a kid in second, third, fourth grade, and you find out about fairness really quick and unfairness. And then we live our adult lives and... We struggle with the idea of we're not getting what we deserve from life and and struggling with feelings of unfairness, especially when it seems like there are ungodly people that are prospering. And we look at that and say, well, God, here I am. I'm serving you. And it seems like these other people, they're getting things that I think I deserve. We could talk about Maybe promotions at work. We could talk about riches, you know, success, houses, cars. We could talk about fair and unfair. And we realize that sometimes we we struggle with it. Now, maybe not. I've heard that this is a very spiritually mature church. So maybe, maybe you guys don't struggle with unfairness. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I think that we probably all at times look at life and think, you know what? I think I deserve better than this. Or even sometimes we think, I think I deserve better than that person. And as Christ followers, especially when we look out and see that there are people that don't honor God at all, and we look at them prospering and we struggle with that. Sometimes we even ask ourselves, you know, well, is it worth it? Why bother, right? We, we look out at the world, we think, God, I'm doing all this for you, and, and I give up so much for you, I sacrifice, and we look at other people prospering, and we think, what's this all about? I think we've all struggled with that in one sense or another in our lives. And so I ask myself, you know, well, what does the Word of God have to say about this? And I, I look to the Word, because I believe that the Word of God speaks to our lives, Amen. That the Word of God is very practical, and the Word of God is powerful and speaks to these issues. And so when I when I think about this question of this unfairness, and really, you know, for those of you maybe, because I know we have quite a few folks that have, you know, have been to Bible school and seminary, you know, the, the, the fancy word for this is theodicy. You know, if God is good, like we sang before, wonderfully sang before, thank you worship team, if God is good... You know, then why are evil people prospering? And so we go to the Word this morning. And I hope you don't mind that I'm going to go to the Word this morning and ask ourselves the question, well, what does the Word of God say about this? And there's a lot that the Word of God says about this. And I have some some good news for you today. How many of you like good news? How many of you are ready for some good news? All right. Amen. Truly God is good to Israel, Psalm 73 says. 
to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogance, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And I'm going to skip around a little bit. Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain I have kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Until I went to the sanctuary of God, someone say amen, amen. and then I discerned their end. Nevertheless, Psalm 73 goes on to say, I am continually with you. You hold me by your right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For those who are far from you shall perish. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of your works. And I thought it interesting, as Stephanie had uh, hooked me up with a, in the office in there, uh, before service, just to have a few private moments, and, and I knew that this was the message on my heart, that I walked into the office, and on the wall there was uh, this, this poster, and what does it say? Whom have I in heaven but you? The earth has nothing I desire apart from you. My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever from Psalm 73. So I took that as a, as a pretty good sign. Amen. But the psalmist was, was wrestling with the same things that you and I do as human beings. God, why do the evil prosper? Why do other people get things that I think I deserve when I am putting you first in my life? And, here, and here's the good news that I have for you today. Here's the one thing that I want you to remember today. And that is to build your lives on God's faithfulness, not the world's fairness. Amen. Build your lives on God's faithfulness and not the world's fairness. Because fairness, the world's fairness and faithfulness are not the same thing. Amen? Amen. They are not to be confused. But we so often do that. But what I want to do for you today is to separate the world's fairness, which is never really fair, and God's faithfulness, which is always faithful. Amen? As we sang earlier, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. But fairness and faithfulness are not the same thing. You know, when we start building our lives on fairness, one of the things we, try, we start doing is to compare. Now again, I know you guys are a very spiritual bunch. Also a very good looking bunch. I don't know how smart you are, but no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right? Oh, Rodney. Gotta love Rodney as well. Your wife is pretty! 
So I know that you guys are a spiritual bunch. And you probably never look out at other people and compare, right? You probably never look out and say, well, you know, I wish I had that. And I wish I would have got would have got that promotion or I wish I would have got that job or I wish I had that car and what are we doing when we're comparing what we're doing yeah we're envying and what we're and we're basing our worth on the fairness that the world is giving us we're saying that if I have this job or I have this car or I have this house or whatever it is then then that must be that must show how much I'm worth to God and I hope you know today that that is not true. I hope everyone here knows that you are of you are of insurpassable worth, inestimable worth, and value to God. But when we're building our life on the world's fairness, we start to look out and compare. And we start to think, we start measuring ourselves up to other people based on what the world is dishing out as fairness. And when we start comparing, how many of you know that we get ourselves into trouble? That never ends well. So when we're building on the world's fairness instead of God's faithfulness, we start to compare instead of being content with what God's given us. When we build on the world's fairness, a lot of times we get into turmoil because we start thinking, well, I don't have the things that other people have, so i got to start working harder or doing something different or somehow something in me is not good enough and i got to get better. We start living in turmoil instead of just peace. Jesus said, I give you peace. Not as the world gives. Jesus says the peace that I give is not based on the world's fairness, but it's based on God's faithfulness to us. And God will always be faithful. Amen? And not only do we compare, and not only do we live in turmoil, but a lot of times we live in fear because we think that if the, if the world's fairness isn't giving us the things we deserve, somehow we start thinking that we're not worth it. And I know that sometimes pastors are the worst at that. I'm sure Pastor Dennis Bevy Joe could say being superintendent, pastors are notorious for comparing with other pastors and other churches instead of just building on God's faithfulness. Guys, look around today. God's been faithful to you. God's been faithful to you. And so, the challenge today is to build our lives on God's faithfulness and not on a sense of the world's fairness. Because in the world's fairness, you're going to compare, you're going to be in turmoil. You're not going to have peace. And you're going to live in fear. And when we're building on the world's fairness, we tend to live our lives based on, I don't think I'm getting what I think. What I, what I think I deserve from this world instead of feeling God is all I need. Do you see the difference? 
walking around life thinking, I don't think I'm getting what I deserve, but instead having the mentality of and the, and the faith that God is all I need. God is all I want. So you say, okay, pastor, I get it. Build your life on God's faithfulness, not on the world's fairness. Sounds good. It's in the Bible. Got it. How do I do it? Well, I want to encourage you this morning. And, and you know, I could I could very easily talk about, you know, the thing, a lot of things that, that go to building on God's faithfulness, like having devotions and going to church and all this stuff. But I'm, I'm guessing that you've heard those sermons before. And those are good sermons. And they need to be said, but I'm going to take a different route because um, I think you might remember a little more. And I want to give you a really good picture, maybe insight into how I think through things. I, I like to think in pictures. I have a really active imagination all my life. And, and sometimes that got me into trouble when I was younger. How many of you say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> but an imagination that's that's submitted to the spirit is a wonderful thing. And so I want to, well, we're going to answer the question, okay, well, how do I build? How can you build on God's faithfulness? I want to, I want to talk about it maybe in a little different way than just saying, you know, read your Bible and pray and all that stuff, which is true because you guys are all reading your Bible and praying, right? Amen. All right. I see we got some work to do, right? Amen. That Bible, you do have a Bible, right? Okay, all right, all right, good. Well, listen, here's how. Here, here's what I want to tell you how to how to build on God's faithfulness. Because I feel there's a lot of people in church that that just don't really feel a part of what. Like we sang the song earlier, all my life God's been faithful. We can sing it, but I feel like there's a lot of people that just really are on the outside looking in on that and saying, "Well." I, think I'm experiencing God's faithfulness what does that even look like and when we're when we're not building on God's faithfulness we have no choice but to build our lives on the world's fairness and I'm telling you brothers and sisters in Christ you can't do that your worth is not found there in the world's fairness your worth is found in the faithfulness of God so how do we do that well here's the pictures that I have in my mind and how I do it. You can have a, a table full of ingredients. You can have a stage full of instruments. You can have a palette full of colors. And I feel like that's a lot of how a lot of people approach faith and churches. It's a table full of ingredients. Maybe you're going to make some some pasta sauce, or I think as you know the Italians call it, you're gonna make some gravy, right? And you, know, you got your potato, you got your potatoes, you got your tomatoes and onions and garlic and basil and some and some maybe some sausage or something like that. I this is, I, I don't know why I'm mentioning food. That's always pastors know this. It's in the it's in the pastor's handbook not to mention food around lunchtime, you know. But you got you got all the ingredients there on the table, and we know the ingredients, but you know what? What are those ingredients meant to do? They're meant to make a meal. The palette full of colors are great, but isn't it better when the palette full of colors becomes a beautiful painting? A stage full of instruments is nice. We can look at them, but a stage full of instruments can become music. 
And this is how I feel that we build our lives on God's faithfulness, is that we actually have to get in and participate. Listen, maybe you've had a table full of ingredients all your life, and God is saying to you today, right now, to start cooking. You've had a palette full of colors all your life. You've been in church maybe for decades, and God is saying, start painting. And you've had a stage full of instruments. You know all the stuff. You know, you, you, you know the word. You know the church. You know the drill. You know what it's about. But God is saying to you today, start playing and making music. I think this is captured by when Jesus was walking one day, and he looked up in a tree, and who did he see hanging out in a tree? And what did he say to Zacchaeus? Come down. He said, come down. Why? I'm going to your house today, right now. And this is what I'm talking about. God is saying to you today, maybe, you, maybe you're up in the tree. And when you're up in the tree, when you're hiding, you're not going to experience God's faithfulness like we sang about today. You're not going to be able to say with the psalm that God is the strength of my life and my portion Forever, God is all I need. For me, it is good to be near God. Because when you're up in the tree, you're just looking out at what other people are doing. Too many of us are hiding. We're not cooking. We're not painting. We're not playing. And we look and we think the faithfulness of God isn't a real part of our lives. But Jesus is saying, Zacchaeus, get down. Stop hiding. Because... I'm going to your house today. I'm coming to your house today. And there's a big difference between someone who's up in a tree looking and someone who's preparing for Jesus to come over their house today. And so if you want to build your life on God's faithfulness, if you're tired of comparing, if you're tired of living according to the world's fairness and thinking, well, how come... I'm not like that person. How come I don't have this? And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I love God. I'm going to church. And, and how come my life is like this? Well, you're living your life on fairness. And you're not living your life based on God's faithfulness. And maybe you're in a tree. And Jesus today is saying to you, come down. I'm going to your house today. We're going to start painting. We're going to start playing. We're going to start cooking. Because the faithfulness of God... It's not about observing. It's about participating. And this is a word for some here today, you know, that I don't know when you're brand new to church. And this is a word for those of you here today who have been in church 20, 30, 40 years. It's time to get down from the tree and build your life on God's faithfulness. Amen? Amen. make a choice to build our lives on God's faithfulness today. We can make a choice to start living our lives based on how God wants to treat us. Because the world is going to tell you that it's going to be fair, but it's never going to be fair. Like my daughter in American Idol, it just wasn't fair. It was a great opportunity for her, great show, whatever, but it wasn't built on fairness. It never was. 
And the world is going to tell you about fairness, but it's not going to be fair to you. And you're always going to be left in turmoil. You're always going to be left comparing. You're always going to be left thinking, I don't really think I'm getting out of life what I should be getting out of life. And that's like Zacchaeus being up in a tree. But when we come down from the tree, and when we say, Jesus is coming to my house today, and I'm going to start living my life according to how God is going to treat me, friends, that's a whole new ballgame. How does God want to treat us today as we get ready to wrap up in just a moment? How does God want to treat us today? How can we be so sure that God's faithfulness is so good? Pastor, can you prove it? I can't. And I tell you how, right, right here. God is going to treat us like He treated His Son when He rose Him from the dead. Amen. That is our hope, friends. That is Christian hope. That what God did for Jesus there in the tomb and raising Him from the dead, God is going to do for all of His creation. And that's you and me. Friend, because God raised Jesus from the dead, He's going to raise you from the dead and because God was faithful to Jesus he's going to be faithful to you today that you can say all my life he has been faithful and I know God's going to do this because he did it for Jesus our entire hope and faith is built on the fact that what God did for Jesus he's going to do for you that's how I know and I can guarantee that God is going to be faithful to you because He's already done it. And the message of the, of the Bible is that if God did it for Jesus, He's going to do it for you. Like the song says, if Jesus walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. Now come on. I, now come on. Give me something here today. If Jesus walked out of the tomb, I'm walking too. That's how I know that you can build your life on God's faithfulness because he's done it already for Jesus and he's promised to do it for you. And I want to live my life not on the world's fairness, what I think I deserve, what I think I can get. I want to live my life based on what God has already done for Jesus and say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put all my eggs in that basket. I'm going to go ahead and put all my money in that bank account. I'm going to go ahead and lay my life on that altar because that's never going to let me down. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Dennis, come and close this service today.